Welcome into the Beer Money Things podcast. It's what you listen to while you brew. It's what's in your ears as you drink beers. Today, I think we have our first guest from Kentucky, which is pretty exciting. Uh, he is the founder of Brewer Magazine and also a better brewing in Kentucky, in Winchester, Kentucky. And uh, his name is Tyler Montgomery. Tyler, what's going on, man? How are you doing, Kyle? Thanks for I having am me. well. Dude, thanks. Thanks for joining me here. This is awesome. I'm excited. Of course. Love to be the first person from Kentucky, too. Yeah, I'm, I don't think anyone else has been on. You know, I think if if we were going to have somebody from Kentucky, people are like, oh, you're going to have a distillery on, you know, but we're throwing them a big old curveball here, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, craft beer in Kentucky is really, you know, it's really come up, come a long way in the last decade. So I bet. Yeah. yeah you're seeing some some switch from spirits to beer or people who is it a new group of people drinking beer that, you know, didn't like spirits or is it spirits folks drinking beer or, or what are you seeing? I mean, you know, it's it's a little bit of everything. I mean, if you're into craft beer, you're probably into spirits. I mean, the distilling situation in Kentucky has all always been very crafted anyways. Sure. Um, I mean, they're owned by, you know, some, some of the ones that you're really familiar with. They're owned by, you know, multinational corporations and things like that. But, you know, there are these good, small batch distilleries in and around Kentucky that are a lot of fun. And I think a lot of their consumer base is the same consumer base as the beer base. Um, you know, of course the beer base um, with the tap rooms and all of that sort of thing, the festivals and whatnot, um, it has a an easier entry. So I think it's uh, customer base. It's just a little bit, um, I don't know. I wouldn't say blue collar, but you know, it's, it's just, yeah. you know, it's just easier for people to get into craft beer. Uh, you know, a lot of times anymore, I mean, in college, even, you know, this was like 20 years ago, but there was, it was easy to find certain bourbons like Blanton's. You go down to the uh, local, local pharmacy that had, you know, sold beer and spirits yeah, and you could get really good bourbons for 30 bucks. Now, you know, the specific bourbon I'm thinking of, um, you know, we had to search it out for months on end to get it for a Christmas present. You know, it's just, yeah, it's weird how all that, all that happens. But like, uh, what is that? Because the brand, like the, you know, say like Bland's, like it, that didn't change. It's always been Bland's. It's always been the same, but all of a sudden the price. Tag oh, yeah. Is yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, all of a sudden it was hard to find. I mean, I was, you know, consuming it underage with my dad you know when <laughs> i was in high school and then you know it was something that was easy to find and now you know all of a sudden you know it's hard to find it but it all is a revolving door because now blanton's is relatively easy to find i've got four bottles in my uh liquor cabinet here i don't drink okay. a lot of bourbon but i get gifted a ton of bourbon so sure there's that's what i have and it's a it's a great bourbon it's my it's probably like one of my top two bourbons but yeah, it's, um, it's easy to drink for sure it's strange it's so strange how it was like one day it was there and easy to find the next day you're searching for it you know everywhere you, you can't see you can't find it even yeah, our but, friends that own liquor stores don't get that much of it so yeah and, I, and then you have so i have a friend who lives in nebraska and he's like i can go to the corner store here like the little grocery deli or whatever and i can get a bottle for 35 bucks no problem when it comes into the liquor store by me they get three cases and there's people waiting at the door for them like it's yeah. like it's going extinct. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I've got friends out in, uh, friends and family in Texas 
they could find, you know, all sorts of unique bottles, Weller, you know, yeah. Blanton's really unique stuff. And, you know, cause of the craze, it's kind of just escaped Kentucky. I mean, we make a lot of it here. You know, there's more bourbon barrels than there are people. Um, is that real? But there's, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's for real. That's, that's serious, which is crazy. That's a that's stat, just, man. It is a stat. It's, it's, it's weird. It's one of those weird, like, trivia stats that yeah. almost every trivia guy in Kentucky uses. Um, and everybody <laughs> kind of knows that. It's weird. Uh, really cool, really cool idea. Um, but I think the vast, I mean, the big consumer and the big hype is, you know, still outside of Kentucky and they just get it out of here. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I don't own a distillery. So, you know, those business models are a little different for everybody. Yeah. Different margins, different spirits. I always thought about that too. It's like, you know, me personally, right. I drink beer more than I drink spirits. Like I'll, I can have no beer in my house and I can have a full bar in my basement and just not drink anything because I just, I enjoy a beer. I guess that's like at the end of a work day, I want to have a beer. I think that's like my habit. Yeah. I don't sit down and have, you know, a three finger pour of whiskey, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. I enjoy it. I don't need it. It's not my go-to. Yeah. I mean, when it's the only thing that's there, there's a time and a place for it, right? Sure. Um, yeah. You know, sitting with your buddies, you know, having a cigar and, uh, you know, for having sure. a some bourbon on the rocks or some bourbon meat, whatever you want to do. Uh, it's It's great. But... Um, yeah, my, it's not my go-to beer is my go-to. It always has been, you know, I think that's why I'm in it. It's yeah. my entire life now. So that's, I, I, I don't know. I don't even really keep a lot of beer at the house either. Cause our, uh, tap rooms less than half a mile from my house. So okay. I get my fill and don't drink that much when I'm at home. Uh, try and use that time for hydration, you know, <laughs> rehydrate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So you so this is interesting, like how you started Brewer Magazine in 2013. Yeah. And eventually, then you opened a brewery. I felt like, I don't know, I feel like it's almost like backwards, kind of. I feel like somebody would have a brewery and then come up with a magazine, you know, at some point. But um, talk sure. to me about, yeah. yeah, talk to me about how Brewer Magazine came about. Yeah, I'll keep the background kind of short, but essentially... Uh, I, I'm a, I have a journalism degree from the University of Kentucky. Huh? Um, as as one of my professors always said, the Harvard of the South, um, which is a joke. But we, I love the University. Of, yeah, I love the University of Kentucky. So uh, got my journalism degree from there. Um, moved around quite a bit. Did you know a small stint in Hawaii, working for a newspaper there, small newspaper up in um, uh, Crawfordsville, Indiana, which is where I met our executive editor for Brewer. Okay. Uh, working for a, a newspaper there. Um, and then I took a job with a B2B publication, which at the time I had no idea what a B2B publication really was. Right. I had to do a ton of research on it. Um, and it was in Louisville and it was in the fitness industry, uh, which is fine. I mean, I grew up with, in a fitness background anyways, yeah. and m mostly music, but you know, I come from a relatively fit family, so I understood gyms and whatnot. Um, you want to throw a wrench in? You're like, these guys are too fit. We're going to make them drink beer and get them out of shape. And then they can go yeah, back to the 100%. gym, maybe keep the gyms in business. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the fitness industry is crazy. It's, it's, it's especially like the, uh, the, when you go to the trade shows and stuff, you know, you think that, you know, CBC gets a little wild. Yeah. Uh, the fitness ones are nuts. <laughs> They're huh. nuts. There's a lot of money in it and it gets thrown around and 
Um, you know, it's like, I guess these people have fasted and uh, not drank for months on end and then and they, they get there all and all months. they want to do is drink it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like rum spring for the, uh, for the Amish folks where they, you know, they had that one night to decide if they want to stay Amish or not. Yeah. Go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's how this works for the fitness industry. <laughs> um, but yeah, from there I was working for them and I became the executive editor there. Uh, kind of was growing that business. Uh, I spent a lot of time with my publisher at that company that was the owner talking about business, how he started it, really just got, you know, basically a MBA in publishing, hmm. you know, working there. And from there, I started doing some consulting work on the side. Huh. There's a great, uh, actually a great uh, bourbon magazine in Central Kentucky. It used to be, I think it's still around. Um, and I did some consulting work for them. And I, it, that kind of got my brain, my brain going. Uh, craft okay. beer was really starting to come alive in Kentucky, um, you know, 20, you know, 2011, 2012 in against the, the rest of the world. Everybody was like, we were all doing this already, you know? Yeah. yeah. Against the grain was there. Country boy had just, uh, opened West right. six that just opened. Yeah. Uh, at the time we didn't even have country boy hadn't even gotten to Louisville yet. They were huh. still just in Lexington, which is crazy. Cause they now have a tap room in Louisville. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I just, I kind of started it on a, as a side project on, you know, just something I would do, you know, when I got home from work and on the weekends and I got a little, you know, it's that Gary Vaynerchuk thing, you know, you get a little disgruntled with one thing and, you know, I didn't hate my job. I didn't hate my employees or anything like that, that I was working with. Um, I just, you know, kind of wanted to do something else and uh, started working on it on my own, you know, doing the whole, you know, come home from work you know, start doing sales from five to 1 a.m. and, you know, off you go. And it finally snowballed and it just reached a point that I could, I could leave my day job and yeah. pursue Brewer full time. And it, it just kind of, you know, we had Sam Cruz from Against the Grain on our first cover. Um, I did that purposely because I was there. It was easy to control the photo shoots. The interviews could be in person. Um, you know, at the time I couldn't leave. I mean, I had a day job you know my right. boss isn't going to give me just random time off to go work on my side project and that wasn't a time um, of work from home right right no no i mean i was in an office i mean i was a desk jockey for yeah. eight to five every day you know mm -hmm. if you were five minutes this guy you know my boss was great i'm not knocking him but this was a legitimate show up you know don't show up if you show up five minutes late you're really late you know kind yeah. of thing and you know i worked my butt off to be there i mean i was in my uh, mid twenties doing this when I was the executive editor. So, you know, I jumped up, I jumped really high and worked really hard. And then when I started doing this, you know, there wasn't a work from home, you know, this was a legitimate, you drive home, then start working. Luckily the vast majority of the industry at the time was, you know, Colorado or West. Yeah. And so everybody else was still working. It yeah, really, they were an hour was, behind. It was super beneficial. Well, no, there's two. Two or three. I mean, California's three. Are you are you on East Coast time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So California's three. Okay. I thought maybe you were behind me. Okay. No. No. So that set us up really great. Um, but yeah, I just worked myself into it. You know, with Sam Cruz of the first one. The very next one was Kim Jordan from New Belgium. So you know, we're the only business trade publication that puts um, actual business owners on the cover and does long form journalism to 
analyze and understand what they've done to become successful. Hmm. Um, you know, in the very beginning, it was, you know, like Kip Jordan from New Belgium, um, Founders Brewing, um, Tony McGee from Lagunitas. Uh, you know, we've had, you know, uh, Jim Cook from Boston yeah. Beer Company on the cover. You know, we've had just, I mean, if you name them, Adam Avery, I mean, the list goes on and on. And just start meeting these people. And we would ask them, hey, do you want to be on our cover? I mean, we've never had anybody be like, mm -hmm, who are you? I mean, people, Jim Cook even said, dude, I've been reading your uh reading your magazine since you launched as just a website. It's wow. like, I love what you do. I love it. You know? And I was like blown away. Um, it's so flattering. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of, that's kind of how it took off. And eventually got to hire my buddy, uh, John Seacott, who's now our executive editor. Um, he was working for the Toledo blade at the time, which, you know, newspapers being newspapers. Um, he was looking for some way out and John had been brewing for a long time and, was a home brewer and had been writing a small column for me anyways. And uh, we were good friends, but we didn't live anywhere close to each other. He lives in Toledo. We're about six hours apart. Right. Um, and my vision for the company as a whole was a remote work base. Um, you know, trying to treat employees as adults and not like they're in kindergarten class. Yeah. You know, I've, I've worked right. a lot of those places where people are like, you know, you got to be here at eight you, you leave at five, you get 10 minutes for lunch. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> this is stupid. We're adults. Like, am I achieving the goal that you hired me for? Right. And that's kind of what, that's how we all work. You know, our publisher, uh, Riley Watkins is in, uh, just outside of Atlanta. Um, wow. we've got a assistant editor, uh, Miles Smith. That's actually in Austin. And then we've got another, uh, sales rep, uh, Heather Illingsworth, Illingsworth that's in uh, Denver. So, yeah. you know, we're spread out all over. Um, there's pros and cons to that. I mean, during COVID, I was already used to pretty much sitting at home. The only thing that sucked is we had already opened a brewery and, you know, it was, yeah. nobody wants to <laughs> hang out on a brewery and not sit at home. So that was kind of, but that's, yeah, that's kind of where we got started, where we're at. Uh, 10 years this year of the launch. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. We went back and did, had Sam Cruz on the cover. It was our 50th cover okay. uh, in the May-June issue. So I went back and revisited that cover. Nice. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah. he started it and then he he was the 10-year anniversary? Yeah, yeah. That's cool? Yeah, he was. Nice. Yeah, and the uh, person that shot that cover, uh, we used the same photographer. He's a oh, buddy yeah. of mine, Antonio Pantoya up in Louisville. Literally one of the best photographers on the planet um he's more in video now but you know we grabbed him up and we're like hey man you shot the first one and shoot the shoot this anniversary edition he's like sure so that's cool he worked with us it was a lot of fun yeah very nice and i think the unique thing about brew magazine that's kind of how you stand out is that i mean you're focusing on the business of craft brewing right you're you're empowering the business owners um to, to pick their brain and see what they're doing to help all the other younger folks who don't have the experience, you know, get out. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we always, you know, there's the who, what, where, when, and why type factor in journalism. You know, we really focus on why and how, you know, why'd you do it and how did you go about it? Um, and we try and pick the brains of, you know, the most brilliant people. And I mean, 
you would think the most brilliant people are all your top 50 breweries, you know, nationwide, but you know, there's some really cool innovation going on, oh, yeah. you know, with breweries doing, you know, 10,000 barrels a year and less, you know, there's, you just got to find it and start talking to people. There's some really cool stuff going on, um, you know, exploring RTDs now and where the industry is moving. I mean, we've got buddies in Lexington that are playing with sake and doing some cool stuff yeah. with that. You know, the kombucha's on the rise, cider's taking a whole different, you know, uh, place in the industry, you know, the seltzer game. I mean, there's people, you know, making money and really enjoying their life in this business. Um, in some cool ways. And I think that's, that's tr what we really truly try and highlight, you know? Uh, I mean, works work, but when you're working in craft beer, you know, we argue, I mean, I was in a brewery this morning, uh, looking at a canning line and it's, you know, damn near 90 degrees already in there mm -hmm. and everybody's sweating. I'm not even working and I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I mean, we're, there's smiles on everybody's faces. Yeah you know, si sipping low fills and just, you know, having a good time, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's the idea for brewery. You know, we just try and analyze what, what works. So when people pick up our magazine, when they're reading it, they get inspired with ideas. Uh, it helps their business grow, you know, heck, sometimes it just makes you realize that, you know, your problems are everybody else's problems too. You're not alone. Um, and I think that's, when you're in business, sometimes that feeling of aloneness is the hardest part. So that's true. I was actually just reading an article from one of my mentors and he was saying, you know, there's sometimes you get in, you know, that, that energy rut, um, where, you know, it's, it's, it's of an entrepreneur, right? A lot of times you're doing things behind the scenes on your own, you get lonely, you feel like nothing is moving forward. And, you know, in reality it is, but you know, just, there are times where you don't feel like it is. And, um, you know, it's just all part of, of being, and that's why you left corporate America, right? So you can think independently and try to build something, but it does get lonely. Yeah. In all fairness, I've never really worked in corporate America. I've always worked kind of for smaller businesses, which sure. is nice. Uh, I've got a good, you know, I, I think I have a pretty strong love for small businesses and I love craft beer. Honestly, you know, it's my, you know, thing I think about day in day out 24 7 pretty much <laughs> Me too. um but yeah but at the same time business is my thing you know i love talking business with people you know um but you know mental health is a big deal i've done a ton of reading recently on entrepreneurial depression and trying to understand wow. you know what goes on in the mind of a business owner because i mean for a lot of us it just gets scary sometimes i mean money moves money you have good days you have bad days you know yeah but it's normal and I don't think people always feel like it's normal. You feel like, you know, you look at your buddy that owns a business and they're smiling, and, you know, having a good time. And, you know, then they go home and they're like, oh, God, <laughs> like you don't see the oh, God moment. Well, that's you know? also like, right, social media, right? You're getting everybody's highlights and happy times, right? No one's posting their negative moments. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole. Yeah, so now you're comparing your, you know, you're having a bad day and you see everyone else is having a positive one. And you're like, what the hell am I doing wrong? All right. So then that stuff just spirals, but it's all head trash. Right? It's yeah. All yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I honestly think that the social media stuff is toxic as much as, you know, I reference Gary Vaynerchuk. I love all that stuff. I yeah. really, I really do. But after a while, I mean, I go through periods where it's just, it feels toxic to me. You know, it's, I yeah. can't, I, the, 
you've got to keep hustling hustle the over hustle is just i'm over it just so over it like there's there's life and there's work and you still even if you're an owner this isn't your life you know there's other things out there you've got to go explore um you can't get trapped in this stuff you know all the time yeah i like gary v but yeah small doses is good yeah 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 What uh? So kind of let's let's go down that path of you know being an entrepreneur. Uh, we'll talk about the brewery soon, but as far as all right, you know there are days you wake up and you're like, I really don't feel like doing this. You know, you're tired of the grind. You're up late, you know, every night for the past two weeks, and you just need a day off. Like, how do you re-energize yourself, or what do you do when you really don't feel like doing the grind? Jocko Willink, would, Jocko Willink would say, "You do it anyway." You know. You do it anyways. A lot of times you do. I mean, that's the, that's the sad thing about a lot of this. It's like you, sometimes you just got to like, you know, put it in the, you know, kind of put the negative thoughts in the closet and go back to work. Um, It's just, uh, I think you got to, I read a book once that was talking, it was about building a brewery Mm -hmm. and it's advice was sell your, you know, you're going to hate this, but you know, sell that guitar that you play, you know, sell, you know, these things, you're going to need the cash flow, you know, don't worry, you're not going to have time for hobbies and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever Sounds very negative. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, at some point you can't work 24 seven, like you've got to wake up and have something that, you know, drives you, whether it's playing a video game, playing music, exercising, playing golf, you know, going for hikes with your buddies, you got to do something. You know, yeah. go play with the kids. You can't work all the time. And yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I've got a ton of hobbies and I never let those things go. I mean, I've been playing music since I was seven. Okay. Um, that's been, that's where I thought my life would go primarily. And then, um, you know, I, I work out, you know, I used to play golf. Um, I broke my, I broke one of my club, my driver early this year. So I haven't played anymore this year. Uh, <laughs> I didn't break it in the way that everybody thinks I'm going to, I broke it though. The head I flew off. The head flew off. <laughs> it actually didn't even come, come completely off. It just, I struck the ball and came with my follow through and it hit me right in the back. Like, oh, no. <laughs> that day. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, man. You just, I think with, you know, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs are hard on other entrepreneurs too. Cause you're always trying to be the one that works the hardest. Right. Mm. So I think, you know, understanding that, you know, nobody's, nobody's working 24 hours, seven days a week. It doesn't happen. You know, it might be on your mind, but, you know, at some point you got to, you know, hell, I, I go get a massage, you know, once a week just to yeah. zone completely out, you know, mm-hmm. take care of your body, take care of your mind. Even in craft beer, I mean, as much as we love it, you drink that stuff, you know, all day, every day, and you might have a problem <laughs> You know, so you yeah. got to go do something that's not just hanging out with craft beer. Um, but it's scenario. so much fun. It's yeah, it's hard to it's hard to do that all the time because you're like, man, I love being here. You know, I love being at my brewery. You know, I yeah. love being at my friend's brewery. So yeah, that's that's one of those things. It's that's where you want to be, and it's, it's social. Like, it's like cheers, right? It's you know, it's it's it's, yeah. it's everywhere you want to be. It's it's uh, just great camaraderie. I always, you'll, you know, you listen to the podcast. I think beer is the greatest connector of, you know, people, you know. No, I agree with that 100%. I mean, how do you get, what do you do to stay sane? 
So I, you know, I don't miss a workout, right? I work, even if it's just like a 20 minute stretch, you know, every morning I, I got to, I'll talk about it on here, but you know, you got to put on your oxygen mask before you can help out other people. Right. So, you know, if you're on an airplane, something goes wrong, you put on your mask before you put someone else's on. So that's the morning I journal, I do my workout. I need my quiet time, you know, just need my space before I can, you know, do things for other people. But, um, in terms of like, I'll take a day off, uh, which, you know, my, you know, I'm the owner of my insurance agency now, but they're like, you gotta take a day off. Like you haven't taken a day off in two years or whatever. I'm like, uh, okay. So, but then I'm not really good at sitting down and just like taking a day off. Like, all right, I'm going to go golfing. I'm going to go hiking. And then I'm going to go, um, fishing after that, like all in a day. My wife's like, dude, mm-hmm. that's not a day off. Like you need to just sit, <laughs> just chill. So yeah. it's hard. Like I like to move around or it's like, I'll do three podcasts today on my day off. Like that's not a day off. So you got to unplug. I do like to read. I like the quiet. Um, but I really just, I, you know, I've been, I've been saying the other day, uh, so I just rode my bike a hundred miles this weekend. Um, oh, that's awesome. So I really got, you know, my knees hurt when I run, my hips hurt when I run. So I got into cycling, you know, I'll be 40 this year. So, you know, things are starting to fall apart, you know? Um, yeah. But I was like, I said to my wife the other day, I was like, I just want to ride my bike. I want to golf, read and hang out with my wife and my two daughters. Like that's, that's great. You know, I don't want to do all these, Hey, do you guys want to come out to this concert? Hey, we're going here. Hey, we're like, no, I just, you know, that's, that's exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel that. I love that, man. That's awesome. Do we have some friends though that are like, Hey, we're going to go here and here's what we're going to do. It's like, all right, if you're going to plan it all, and I don't have to think like, I'm okay with that, but I don't want to make decisions today, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. A hundred percent. I understand that hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So I go as far as, you know, my mom will even be like, Hey, you want to go grab lunch? And I'm like, sure. She's like, where do you want to go? I was like, if you're going to ask me this, I'm right. not coming. You know, it's <laughs> like, you're going to have to tell me where I'm going. Just tell me where but, to go and when that's what yeah. I told my wife. I like our wedding. I was like, where is it? And when is it? What should I wear? I'll be there. You know? <laughs> Got that. Yeah. That's oh, totally I'm super real. Yeah, compl- <laughs> yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I do feel that. My uh my girlfriend actually owns a winery here in the county yeah. we live in. So man, it's beer and wine all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so we sit and talk business and you know it's nice. We we we're but we both try and you know discover things and get away from the things that are are just business all the time. You know, she's recently taken up painting again and See, that's what I want to do that. I would love, you know, I really like I'll paint with my kids, but like I want to take a day off. Just like I want to paint the whole wall of whatever's on my brain, put on music, whatever. Yeah. Like like Jim Carrey, right? You see his. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I love that idea. Like Howard Stern and Jimmy Kimmel. That's like what they just paint, you know, I can't. can't. So I watch people do that and they're like, yeah, I just like uh, was it Uh, W started doing that. president bush yeah it's like oh i'm just gonna start painting one day and they're like well let's see your paintings and you're like what the heck is this like you <laughs> just started painting one day <laughs> mine would look like mine would look worse than your kids I'm like what <laughs> so my my wife uh, my girlfriend was the same way man like she just i knew she could do it she comes from a long line of painters in her family and picks it up one day and was like i'm just gonna start painting and i'm like the heck this is this is amazing like frame yes yeah. but in the house i see him. there's okay. actually yeah so i just googled george w bush's paintings he's he's legit <laughs> isn't that nuts he does a great job that's crazy and he just picked it up as a hobby he was bored 
<laughs> that's cool. That's funny. Um, yeah, yeah, I've always been artistic. I like that. I'm not you know, like you play music, right? So that's your form of art. Um, and yeah. I was always pretty good at drawing. Well, I do paint like I think oil paints, but I can't stand the smell of them. I got to wear like a mask. Really? Is it oil paints or the acrylics or something? One of them smells really bad. I don't know which one would smell, but I can't even tell you because I don't think I've ever really been around one while it's being painted. I think oil is beautiful, though, but I could see where it might have a smell. Have like yeah. a yeah, crazy aroma. It's not, it's not. Mm-hmm. So I'm, all right. So we, we both need to paint more. I'll paint a picture of you. You paint a picture of me. We'll mail them to each other. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to like mine. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like mine either. <laughs> nice. Yeah, go awesome. for it, though. <laughs> so after all this interviewing people, the good and the bad, you decide to open up a brewery. Yeah, I mean, we were. It's it's actually in an interview that gave me the idea. Um, okay. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy because in 2015 I moved back from Louisville to my hometown. Um, it was something I swore I would never do, but uh, it was just a right time, a need, and we moved. I moved back. Um, there was an old building in our hometown that was a former. Uh, grain store seed storage something like that and um they were gonna they were gonna the city was gonna buy it and do something unique with it well at the time i didn't really have a lot of faith in the city that i was from um and this is winchester right we're 90 minutes from louisville and you're what probably 20 minutes from lexington or something 20 minutes from lexington the red river gorge is in our backyard nice um it's 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 a wonderful city. It's it's an amazing city, you know. That the th- the way it's changed over the last, you know, seven eight years has been phenomenal. We've got a lot of young entrepreneurs here. Um, cool. You know, it's it's really turning into this kind of not like you know it's not like keep Austin weird type thing, but you know, there's a lot of this like you know eccentric you know yeah. business owners that are doing some cool stuff. Um, lots of good musicians. I mean, you've probably heard of uh, Tyler Childers. You know, he's yep. he lives, you know, out in Irvin, which is just one city over from us going east. Okay. Um, you know, we've got people like that in and around hanging out. And um, it's it's just fun, man. Like the music scene here is really cool. Very bluegrassy. Um, lots of fun stuff. Big art community. Um, we've got some good tourism going on, but... Yeah, I mean, at the time though, in fifteen, I was like, "This is this sucks. I don't want. I don't want to leave Louisville and come back to a small little town." Huh. Um, but yeah, we ended up. So we moved back. That building was there. I looked at it with a friend. We were like, "Let's put a brewery in here or something and think about it." And we did. And it was went and looked at it. You know, threw the boots on and tracked through a bunch of water and garbage and whatnot. I was like, "This thing's going to take like one point three million dollars to." fix up in anywhere close shape or form and uh, i was like you'll never we'll never get that money back out of winchester so uh that being said we the city ended up buying it but then the city ended up contacting me because they heard that i might want to open a brewery and I, we had just been floating the idea around in conversations you know sitting at you know local restaurants and whatnot i don't know how it even got to anyone that it would get back to me it was one of those things. I, was like, I don't know, man. Like I just, I don't really know. Yeah. But in fifteen, like right the fall after we moved back, 
um, my cousin works for one of the big distributors here in central Kentucky. And he wanted to introduce me to a buddy of his who also happened to be friends with Adam Avery that owns Avery Brewing or owned mm-hmm. Avery Brewing or however that situation is right now. Um, so I went and met Adam and Adam uh, was, you know, fit guy from Colorado, understood outdoors, I guess evidently had spent a lot of time in the River Gorge, uh, knew of Winchester because, you know, you kind of come to come by Winchester as you're going to the gorge. It's your last real stop for a Walmart or anything along those lines. You might need, okay. you know, significant supplies. And so he knew of Winchester. He's like, is there a brewery in Winchester? I'm like, no. He's like, you ever thought about opening a brewery? And I'm like, no. He's like, you should open a brewery. I, like, I Adam, dude, like, <laughs> I don't have that kind of, I don't have that kind of cash. He goes, need stuff small. Find a small space. He's like, that's what we did. Just start small. And I'm like, how small is too small? And he was like, there's no too small. Like, go do it. Just go do it. Yeah. So we ended up, when we put him on the cover, um, I went out to Colorado uh early the next year and we were hanging out he's like you, you do that brewery yet i was like no but we had started really exploring it in like 2016-17 and uh started looking at buildings and he's like dude you gotta do that he's like if you don't do it you're gonna hate it if somebody does it for you so uh yeah in 2019 or 2018 i mean God, we started doing this in 2017 really and just looking at, I started looking at every building in downtown Winchester. Um, looked at going out of Winchester. That felt like a really bad idea. And then ended up finding a small little location, actually um, just one street over from where my house is. So we could walk to it. I could walk to work every day, which was kind of cool. Yeah. And we put in a barrel and a half system there. And, um, you know, started doing the marketing hype train thing. Like, and we, I did a pretty good job with that um the branding was simple and easy and people consume the branding really well had a lot of uh people in the city that were behind us and had a huge successful launch with a barrel and a half system um we're trying to grow trying to figure out what the next step was and then uh welcome covid so Mm, that's fun that kind of that put that it was strange we were we found we finally found um in 2020 because we, we opened in 19, in April of 2019, and we were growing fast, and we, we realized quickly a barrel and a half system was a bad idea. You know, I say now, Too small. don't start with, yeah, don't start with anything smaller than five. You know, I mean, five's almost too small. Like Because soon you end up buying, you just end up buying new equipment soon anyway, and it's yeah, not and you're more expensive, yeah. and now you bought it twice. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And then you guys sell it, and you're not going to make any money off of it, so... Right. Yeah, I mean, you have that idea that you could use it as a pilot system, but I mean, it, no. Once you start playing with, you know, you know, semi-automatic uh, tin barrels and you know whatnot, you, you're yep. gonna, you're never gonna, you're not going back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mashing mashing in without uh, without a paddle is something that you know you start you will take for granted at some point in your life, but um once you do you will not go back to that paddle you're just not going to do it like leather seats in a car power windows it is 100 percent, man it's the exact (laughs) same thing yeah 100 percent. yeah nice it's uh so yeah we literally the week before the nation went into lockdown uh we got offered the building that we're we're in now and uh it's 
10 times the size of the original. It's almost 10,000 square feet. Uh, huge warehouse. Has no air conditioning. It's just brutal right now. Mm. Um, it's just a giant warehouse, but it's wonderful. It's old. Uh, it's one of the older buildings in Winchester. We kept a lot of the history to it. I mean, as far as like, I mean, somebody wrote, uh, you know, like, I can't remember what the what it says on the wall, like Chris sucks or something like that. And I took a photo of it one day and put it up on Facebook. And somebody comments on it and goes, I'm Chris. Because like, oh I, know, I know who wrote that. So we left stuff like that, just goofy things, man. Like, uh, but yeah, that's it's funny. been, that's kind of where we're at now. You know, it's, we, we expect, we're not on that barrel and a half system. We're on a 10 now. Okay. Um, you know, we started the distribution game. Kentucky finally got self distribution last summer or the summer before. Uh, when we opened, we didn't have that. So um, everything was going to be tapped for themselves. So, I mean, really the barrel and a half system was fine for, what we were trying to do uh, just wasn't big enough for our dreams, I guess. Yeah. And you don't know until people start coming, how much beer you're going to run through, but you know, plan ahead and, you know, have bigger, bigger thoughts. And yeah, sounds like don't, don't be so, you know, conservative or, you know, just be more excited than you think you really are. Like, let's go. We got this. Yeah, well, you know, that everybody has that, you hear that story a lot, you know, like Bailey down at Jackalope has the story and, you know, she was telling, she was like, you know, we opened up, yeah, she was like, we had a, we had a barrel and a half system and we opened up. I was like, so did we. She was like, man, we were out of beer within like, you know, the first two days. And I'm like, I was like, so are we. I was like, that's nuts. But like, we're two people that have that story. You know, I know tons of other people that have that story, but I know tons of people that opened their doors and had beer for a week or two weeks, you know, sure. and like that story's not, it's, it's common, but it's not everybody's story, you know? So there's that fear that you go to open your doors and you're sitting there and people just kind of tri- trickle in, you know? Um, so, so Tyler, what would you, what advice would you give? You know, why, why were you so busy and Jackalope and out of beer and why are breweries who have that same model empty? Well, Jackalope's different. Bailey's a badass. So I don't know if you've met Bailey, but Bailey's cool, man. She's she's brilliant. Yeah, um, we so we threw we, our party we, down there with uh, craft beer professionals just at CBC. So uh, we, yeah, we got right. like eleven hundred right. people during the Taylor Swift concert, and it rained an inch an hour for five hours. There was yeah. flooding everywhere. It was insane. I was there for that. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> shoes are still wet. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> that was a fun time, though. That was, a was. Good, that was a good little event. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, for them, yeah, I mean, Bailey's just genius, dude. So. Um, for us, I think where we kept finding locations and then it wouldn't work. So we would have to go find another location. It set us back so much, but every time we would have to go to our city and ask for zoning approval and stuff like that, you know, I would get t-shirts made and just hand out t-shirts to the first people that came to help us, you know, and support us. Um, our social media, I mean, social media as much as we want to knock on it as because it's part of our life if you're not doing social media like you're really missing out on so i mean it's it's free it's a hundred percent free you can pay for it if you want but you know you know 25 years ago if you wanted to open a business there was not a free marketing service for you to go out there and be like hey come to my business and now you know luckily for people like you and i when you launch a business 
you know, you can hit that hit share and all your friends already know about it. You get your friends to share it. You can do mm-hmm. giveaways. You can do all sorts of stuff just really to create hype. And that's what we did. I mean, we launched, I think, with, you know, probably 3,000 followers, 2,500 followers already on Facebook. So, wow. yeah, I mean, we were, by the time we had launched, I mean, it had been, you know, if we started, the, if I started this journey in 17, you know, we opened the doors in 19. That's two years of just letting people be part of the the um, journey, you know, and talking about the journey with different people in the city and, you know, surrounding counties. And so people were invested in the hype and invested in the work. And some people, you know, I would homebrew and invite people over and then they would talk and they would drink my beer and they would take, you know, growlers from my house and share it with people and share it with friends. And it kind of started that conversation going. Um, but I just made sure that what we did is we made people part of the journey, you know, um, they felt invested in it from the beginning. And so, um, when we opened the doors, there was a lot of excitement to finally see it happen. Um, plus, you know, we're, we're the only brewery in Winchester. Um, we're the only brewery within 30 miles of anywhere else. Hmm. Um, in one direction of us, uh, the closest brewery would be, um, uh mirror twin brewing which is in lexington um they're a great they're a great brewery as well but they're all the way in lexington they're 25 30 minutes away um and then if you go the other direction um i believe we have a there's a small brewery in mount sterling uh that you know is you know small like you know two or three taps sort of thing maybe four taps uh, they make good beer but they're really really small um and then the next one is Moorhead, which is an hour, half, hour and a half away. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, there's, there's like nothing around us. Um, we're the, you know, we try and be the heart and soul of this community. You know, yeah. we try and be good leaders for the community. And I think that resonates well. We made really good hires. You know, our taproom manager, my buddy, John Howard is phenomenal at what he does. I, I'm surrounded by people named John. If you haven't noticed, we got John (laughs) Seacott that runs Brewer for most part, who's a freaking genius. And then we've got John Howard that runs a better that's amazing as well. And then, you know, we hired a head brewer and we've just kind of, we keep people so engaged in the journey. I think it it helps us and you've got to do that. I think it helps you with launch. Hmm. Um, Well, what what I heard you say there, like you, you know, I asked you, you know, how'd you get people to show up and stuff? And you didn't even mention beer. Right. You were talking about, you know, you giving first, you giving things out first, be it your attention, um, posts, uh, T-shirts. Um, and you had people coming to the brewery before they even tasted your beer. You ha- you had grown a following before you had beer. Um, and then once the people have the beer, it seems like, right, that the law of reciprocity is so important. You know, when you give first, things come back to you in droves, you know, whether you oh, want to sure. or not. So that... I don't know. That's, that's what I'm gathering from your, your, you know, your narrative there is going, Hey, listen, we gave ourselves, we, we included others, we invited others before we even gave them a beer and they were already, they were already on our team um, before they had the beer. Oh, sure. I mean, you truly, you've read Simon Sinek's. It starts with why. Oh yeah. I mean, our why factor is deep. It's not about the beer. Beer is just what we do. Golden circle, man. It's It's that outer circle why we exist is for this community and we really focus in hard on that. Um, you know, what we do is we make beer, you know, how we do it, you know, honestly, when we opened our doors, were we making the best beer in the state? No, 
you know, are we making the best beer, you know, in our county? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're the only brewery, but I know homebrewers in this county that make yeah. some pretty good beer. So, yeah. you know, but it's not about that. It's about the community. It's about building a space for people to be together, um, about a meeting point, you know, and about being accepting and, you know, having a comfortable place for everyone, you know we're a family environment. We're not a bar, you know, we're not just a restaurant. We're a place where people gather and uh, we're a place for everyone to gather. You know, you'll, we'll walk in sometimes and there'll be, you know, a couple of high school kids on a date sitting at the, um, you know, sitting out on the patio, having, you know, a couple of Cokes and eating the food truck, you know, it's just, they come to us because, it's comfortable, you know. Yeah. They they grew up here. They watched us. And they feel welcome. I think that's. Oh yeah. So I'm moving a little bit. I gotta get some water. Um, that's great. I think that's yeah. You're thinking big picture. You're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about others, and that you can just see how how far that goes goes. And how about you know when COVID happened, right? You were open about a year and a half or whatever. COVID happens. I'm assuming that community came out and supported you guys in any way, shape, or form because you gave first and the law of reciprocity is real. 100%. We've got a great community, man. Like the, um, I mean, it was everything we could just to keep the lights open, you know, but banks for our banks for working with us. Um, you know, there was a lot of blessings in that regard. And then, you know, every day we were coming in and doing, um, you know, growler fills, crowler fills, you know, we were still brewing every day and it would be me and uh, our tap manager, John Howard, just sitting in there, you know, people would come and stand, you know, 10 feet away and we would just talk, you know, like share stories and they couldn't drink beer on premise, but they would get their growlers and talk to us. Like we tried to do all sorts of different things just to engage and somehow got through it. I have no idea how we got through it. I don't think I could do it again. <laughs> nor do i want to do it <laughs> yeah 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 let me ask you this question tyler so you mentioned that kind of the idea or the push was from adam avery um was adam the person who basically was the a better right a person who encourages or assists someone to do something uh it really says like to commit a crime but you, know, you didn't commit yeah, yeah, a crime yeah. but is that kind of where the name came from no not at all it, oh. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> never mind i've never even thought about it that way but uh, yeah you'd have to message adam see if he's cool with that i don't think i think he would be flattered honestly <laughs> um the uh the name is kind of strange um so we wanted it to be i always when i dreamed up a better you know i wanted it to be first and foremost for the city of winchester but secondly I, I dreamed that it would help the content for Brewer significantly to a point where we would better understand the industry as a whole. So we could convey business knowledge better and ask from, better from experience from an first, experience standpoint. first party experience. Yes. And it, it, it is hundred percent done that, but I wanted it to be part of a test kitchen where we could potentially test out products and mm -hmm. test out different things and convey that information to the industry. Um, so, but test kitchen brewing company sounds stupid. I'm sorry if there's a test kitchen brewing company out there. I didn't mean that. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, you know, 
accessory brewing company sounds long and whatnot. And, you know, honestly, I, ha I hate to say it this way, but um, I was kind of, I actually took accessory. We were sitting down at a bar um, having some dinner and drinks and I just threw accessory into a thesaurus and I was like looking at all the words and I was like, yeah, I don't know. Just put my phone down. But I'd been watching, I can't remember if I was watching a show or a tele or reading a book or something. And it was talking about the outlaws of the wild west. It may have been Westworld or something along those lines okay. when it yeah. came out, but it was talking about the outlaws of the wild west and who are the, well, somebody goes, well, who are the outlaws today? Like where did, huh. who did they become? And they were like the entrepreneurs of the outlaws. They, right. they, you know, go to the beat of their own drum. They think outside the box. They're always, you know, trying to um, generate things and new ideas. They're, they're the outlaws. And I, I kind of thought about that. And when I looked back down at my phone, I saw it better. And it was like, it's kind of criminal to be an, an entrepreneur. You know, mm -hmm. it's not yeah. criminal, but like, you're not, we're not committing crimes. You know, TTB is listening. We're doing things the right way. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. we're doing things the right way, but it, it goes against the grain, you know, a little bit. Um, well, it's, you know, it's, you're, you're not, we're nonconformists, right? We're hundred percent, you know, yeah. um, daring mighty things. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. Trying shit that you normally wouldn't, um, you know, you don't know unless you try, uh, yeah. you don't go for it. And it's about being that, you know, empowering that outside it, because, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, Winchester, if you, Winchester is a small town, it's, you know, right next to Lexington, you know, University of Kentucky is in Lexington, all the hypes in Lexington. So, you know, if you ask somebody, you know, if you met somebody in Philly that was from Kentucky and you asked where they were from, they'd say Lexington or Louisville. They're not going to tell you oh, I'm from Winchester because mm -hmm. you're going to be like, where is that? And you're like next to Lexington. Sure. So, you know, it's, it doesn't even have that kind of thing. So there's always this chip on your shoulder coming from Winchester and Clark County. You know, it's, huh? You're you're not really a tiny town, you know. There's a lot going on here, um, but you know, you got Lexington next door, so yeah. and there's a lot going on there. You know, people talk about uh, brewing and distilling, and it's like, oh well, Bardstown and well, Lexington's got a great beer scene. It's like you ever been to Winchester? Where? <laughs> so <laughs> you know, that's yeah. I think you know we wanted there to be a little bit of edge in there, you know, just a little bit of grit. And I think the a better idea provides a little bit of that. I love it. Uh, so. I did look up, and uh, no need to worry. There is no such thing as test brew test kitchen brewing. Test company. kitchen brewing. Thank God. <laughs> it does not exist. That's, a, that's an awful name. That'd be an awful name. <laughs> nice. Somebody listening so, to this is going to go. I think that's a good name. We're going to name that. Yeah. <laughs> to each his own. Um, <laughs> tell us about this test kitchen. So you started. Is this your original? 1.5 barrel system that is now the test kitchen for the brewer magazine uh yeah i mean that's where we started it now we've we've actually utilized the tin barrel for the uh, test kitchen okay uh we've done everything from hops uh we've messed around with some grain we've messed around with uh heck we did one with um uh our brewing boots because we were working with extra tough at the time um those things are phenomenal. Um, okay. And then we did another one. Uh, the one that we I love the most, uh, Paraclips, which makes um, a resource for getting rid of fruit flies. I don't know if you've experienced this, but 
Um, the brewing industry and fruit flies don't pair well together. Oh, yeah. um, I, I hate them. They're the bane of my existence. Well, they have, and, uh, they're the reason we have salt guns now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are terrific. Yeah. <laughs> they are terrific. Uh, so my brewer the other day is he's really obsessed with the salt guns and yeah. he is like, have you seen the one where you load the discs of salt into it and it shoots it? I guess it granulizes it as it's coming out and it okay. uses a CO2 cartridge mm. for, for just like, no, <laughs> no, it's just too much. Yeah. yeah. He's a fly spider, man. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If you, have you ever been shot with one of those things? It took the skin off my leg. No. Yeah, they hurt, dude. Damn. How far away? I don't know how. I wasn't far. Yeah. (laughs) We were probably sitting next to each other, just reached down and shot me in the leg, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The, (laughs) uh, I can't imagine taking out fruit flies with that thing, though. They're good for the big guys. Big flies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the wasps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so all right give me one you know one of the top things that you've learned from utilizing the test kitchen that you've put in a brewer magazine you know that was kind of like an aha moment you know i i I I just did an article on this because i started reworking the test kitchen kind of as a column too uh, blog column however you want to look at it for the website Mm -hmm. and one of the most recent ones i talk about uh, distribution. Okay. Um, I think it starts out with how could I be so stupid? Um, you know, when you uh, look at the way to get attention, sure. When you look at the numbers in the brewing industry, your tap room is going to be your biggest profit maker. Um, yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, the margins on beer are phenomenal as it is. Um, as much as we want to complain that, you know, shipping rates have gone up and the price of grain has gone up and the price of hops has risen, you know, the price on making, you know, a batch of beer is still comparatively to anything else. I mean, outside of a seltzer, it's pretty darn cheap. Um, and it's, it's, it's the energy and the time and the craft that makes it worth what it is. Um, that's what makes it special. Um, but you know, it's the margins in it are so great when you're selling it across your your inside your own bar. I mean, you know, you're outside of taxation and credit card fees, you're killing it. I mean, yeah. you know, the you're making you can make so much money. Um, the problem is you have you're relied on a customer base that wants to come in, you know, close to 365 days a year, and that's not that's not realistic. Um, but in my immediacy of it, I was like, you know, forget distribution. We don't have, we didn't have self distribution rights out of the gate anyway. So I just put it in the back of my mind. It doesn't matter. Um, and then from there, you know, we'll, we'll make money only in inside of our tap room. That's fine on a barrel and a half system. Cause we would move through within a week. We would be gone. Beer would be gone. Um, especially when we move to the new space with 10 barrel batches. I mean, you've got to do something with that. And we started in on self-distribution last November, uh, middle of last November. Um, by May we were in a hundred accounts and have realized that self-distribution is really hard. Um, but distribution and cash flow is amazing. Um, it's not, it's not the ego in my mind, the tap handles and senior tap handles places was very ego driven. 
And I didn't, I didn't, I just, I could not wrap my brain around why you would sell product for a certain amount. Like the wholesale game just didn't make sense to me. I don't know why. I understood uh, cans and having a canning line, but I couldn't understand the draft situation. And for whatever reason, then once we got in it, I was like, oh, that was stupid. That was really stupid. Mm. Um, The cash flow. It helps. You've got to keep and to keep making and keep working on recipes. You've got to get the beer out there. You've got to move the beer faster. It's a volume game. It's like ads. It's like selling ads. It's all volume. I mean, and I've realized any type of sell anymore is all, all volume. You know, you're not trying to make all your money off one spot. You've got to diversify. Um, and the beer industry is great for that. And I don't know why I didn't really understand that. Yeah. I don't know why that was such a roadblock in my head, but I'm glad I got through that. Um, and we're actually, you know, having um, having self-distribution rights in Kentucky has really helped us understand what's going on. And we finally sat down with a distributor and we're talking to a distributor now. And those conversations are a whole lot better. And I remember talking with different brewery owners throughout the United States and you know, kind of like having conversations where you're starting, you kind of hate on the three tier system a little bit mm-hmm. and how annoying it can be. But when you have self distribution rights and a three tier system, um, it gives you an opportunity for your brewery owners to understand um, what what they're talking about when you have a meeting with distributors. And you know, I'd had people tell me that in other states, and I still was like, you know, I don't know how that would change, but now I understand that, you know, I've done the distribution. I know what the delivery looks like. I know what those days look like. I know how badly we need certain things. And when they can say, Hey, we provide this, that's wonderful. You know, Mm -hmm. the consistency, everything like that, you know, the assistance there is definitely worth it. Um, And you want to really get into making beer and selling beer and not necessarily, um, trying to figure out how to move beer from A to B, you know, just send it out the door with a distributor and make better beer, you know, just keep making it. So that's my biggest, you know, dumb moment. I think, I think that comes down to, again, just a lot of do what you do best and outsource the rest, right? Like you're not a distributor. Let somebody else do that. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hate in the distributors, you know, I mean, I understand it. I get it. You know, in Kentucky, you know, when you, when you don't have the opportunity to do something on your own, you feel so limited, you know? Um, I mean, we, we had bars and restaurants in in Winchester that wanted to carry our stuff, but, and we could have done that on a smaller system, on a smaller scale. Um, but without self-distribution rights, we can't, we couldn't, we couldn't roll it down the hill to the person you know, that isn't even worthwhile for the distributor to come get our stuff. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So um, it didn't let us be a team player with our city out of the gate and our other restaurants that are smaller as well. You know, we have to legitimately pull all of the clients from other places so that they'll come to our place. And that's not fair. You know, when you're in a small city, everybody's got to work harmoniously together. And having our beer in other places allows them to be part of our story and still thrive as well you know so i think it's and it lets us to be be part of their story and a a whole story as a whole which is fun 
again, just including, including everybody. Right. I mean, yeah, cool. Okay. Um, that's exciting. That's awesome. So what else are you seeing from talking with the breweries? You know, what are we, what are we thinking the next 12 months in craft beer brings? Uh, I, I honestly think it depends on who you talk to. I mean, and it depends on your state. I was say, it depends kind of where you're located. I, you know, you're mentioning kind of what people are drinking in Kentucky. I just left, you know, um, Milwaukee and Detroit and I'm seeing the alcoholic slushies everywhere, you know, in those places. And I'm like, <laughs> interesting. You know, it's just it, where you are dictates different taste buds. hundred percent. I mean, we did the slushy thing for a minute. Um, you ever tried to clean out a slushy machine? Mm. No, but I don't want to. And I, yeah, they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we did it for a summer and uh, we'll never do it again. It, I'll, I'll never say never, but yeah, there's those things are a pain in the ass to mess with. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, anything that can move, move product. Um, seltzer game, I don't think is going away. Um, you know, the RTDs are, that's, that's, I don't think we can fight things anymore. You know, um, we're in a logger revolution, which I think is super cool. Yeah. Um, uh, we're in a logger revolution now in Kentucky. I mean, I know the rest of the United States has kind of been in a logger revolution for the last two years. Um, but it's finally hit Kentucky. We're usually last to pretty much anything. Okay. Um, but I think that's really cool. Um, you know, we're no longer having to drink, uh, you know, 12% IPAs all the time. We can get a nice crisp, you know, four and a half percent lager that doesn't make you feel like you're going to die if you have like two of them, you know? So yeah. Or even, you I, know, I, I, like a, you know, session IPA, like give me, give me flavor, but I don't need all the booze, you know? Yeah. I think that's what everybody's moving. I mean, I, I'm saying this, it could be because we're both about to turn 40. So, I mean, that's <laughs> when I talked to the guys at Founders, you know, six, seven years ago, when they were telling me why they started all day IPA, because they were getting older and they wanted to have still have an IPA that they could drink all day. Yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> like he's like, we brew for us. Something that doesn't kill the waistline. Yeah. Uh, it's still going to do it. <laughs> that's <laughs> what, that's why you cycle and exercise. Exactly. Nice. Uh, what any anything new and exciting for Brewer Magazine in year ten? Any special features? Anything different that y'all are looking to do? We've got our uh, buyer's guide coming up uh, September October. Yep, uh, that's a really big issue for us. Um, we just had Tups on the cover. Um, mm -hmm. That was a really cool story. They're growing. Everybody's growing right now. Okay. Um, you know, there's there's. We didn't see as many closures, thank God, as we thought we might with COVID. Um, the industry is still growing. Uh, from what I've seen, we're growing. Like the the middle space is really growing. So, like if you think of brewing businesses in three sectors, you got your small, tiny breweries, you've got your mid level breweries, and then you've got your giant breweries. Mm -hmm. Well, your national distribution chains have been pulling back over the last decade, anyways. Um, some of the breweries that are doing that, you know, our boys at Country Boy, uh -huh. they're killing it. They're they just went into Florida. Um, you know, they're having a blast up there. Um, and they're still growing. But like the middle, these middle of the road type breweries, these, you know, two thousand to fifteen thousand 
barrel year breweries are just killing it. You know, they were already set up for hyper local yep. and the hyper local movement is just all the rage right now. And I hope it stays that way. I, th- I love yeah. that. I think it's cool for it. It makes business across the board, not just breweries, but everything super cool. And, you know, as we see, you know, inflation move and, you know, interest rates move, we're going to see, you know, businesses do unique things and not just businesses, but your consumers too. So they're going to sit back and um, spend more time in their local communities and not getting in their car and driving all over the place. And yeah. um, I, th- I think, you know, you'll see these uh, smaller breweries, you know, starting to experiment, grow, move into canning lines and packaging and really taking over their communities, which I think is really cool. I love that. That's where, you know, brewing was at the heart of America and, you know, it's kind of getting back there. Love it. Yeah. I feel like when people, you know, 10 years ago, Hey, I'm going to start a brewery. Hey, I'm going to work at a brewery. Like maybe their parents were like, eh, why don't you get a real job? And now they're like, Oh, this is a real thing. <laughs> this is, you know, I, do, I guess that depends on the parent. My parents were like, my parents were good with it. Uh, my head brewer's parents are still wondering when he's going to go back to teaching. Right. Um, See. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's heck people are getting degrees in brewing science. You know, yeah. we had uh, our new vice president for the Kentucky guild of brewers uh, just finished her master's at Auburn, I think for um, uh, brewing science. Yeah. So I mean, it's nuts. Like when was this, a, that wasn't even offered when we were, when we were in school, it oh. wasn't a thing. Yeah. I mean, that's where you, you worked at a brewery as an apprentice and you, you did it and then uh, you moved on and started your own or whatever, you know, that's, that's, you know, yeah. it's, it's a trade, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's a skill. It's a craft. It's awesome. Okay. It is. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, but the magazine's still growing. The magazine's doing great. You know, we've got, we also do a, uh, publication for the wine industry as well uh, okay. called modern winemaker okay. and it's coming out with a uh, it's gonna it's a digital digital only so we're starting to explore what that digital side looks like mm-hmm. uh you know we, we play around with the podcast a little bit as well um mm-hmm. the brewer magazine podcast it's on spotify as well uh go listen to yours first and then um but yeah i mean we do kind of the same thing you know honing in on just digging deeper into what makes this industry tick and what, you know, what all these owners need to do to be successful. Yeah. Everyone's in it together. Everyone's got the same problems. Uh, A lot of it's Mm -hmm. a mindset, you know, instead of, Oh, this sucks. It's like, okay, well, how can we make this better? Right. Those are two different mindsets, you know? 100%. I mean, we're, we're competing businesses, but we're competing dealing with the same struggles and, Correct. Yep. The more we can work together, more successful. Right, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, being a uh, musician, is there a song out there? A song title? A song that represents you? No. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, God, I'd be scared to even think of it that way. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Table, you get back to us. Yeah, I think about that. I mean, man, like, I, I'm a percussionist mainly, so I don't even think of words all that much. Okay. I spent most of my life in rhythm. Uh, so, you know, like, you know, your Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. And, uh-huh. you know, I, I don't know what came first, the Lord of the Rings or the Led Zeppelin for me. So, 
it's <laughs> you know i feel like in brewing you're just like a perpetual nerd that kind of flows from nerdy thing to nerdy thing yeah uh so uh you know right now it's it's you know you know the tyler childers chris stapleton's the the boys from kentucky that are just really cool i mean we're in a local music scene so you know we really love our local musicians um and we try and support them as much as possible um so i mean that's you know there's a band out of lexington magnolia boulevard that's just kind of taken off this beautiful music um okay. kind of like a tedeschi truck style Hell yeah um yeah Hell and we've got tons of music festivals around here too small ones so we like you know we explored you know the music community in a way that's not just um you know not like the taylor swifts and not that there's anything wrong with taylor swift but please don't let the swifties get mad at me i love <laughs> taylor swift fine the swifties um, are hardcore man yeah, they'll tear your business apart, man. You got to be careful. Um, they'll tear you down personally if you if you let them. Um, but I mean, you know, people like that are such an inspiration. You know, that are just kind of like come up, and when they get that big, it's like how you know that's you're like I don't even know how you write an article on that. Cause I don't even know if you could put a business plan together to do that. You know, right. like yeah. what she has done, it's insane. Yeah. Whoever came up with this this tour that she's on is just mind-boggling in terms yes. of business. Cool, good for her. Yeah, she's but, uh, she's building some generational wealth right there. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, music's weird, man. Music's just I I don't know if I have like a uh, um I don't even know if I have a favorite artist anymore. You know, if I'm being quite honest. Yeah, I, I, have I do that love same my... thought too. It's like it depends on the day. I listen to anything. I was listening to Yo Yo Ma the other day, and then I'll go listen Heck to yeah. like Iron Maiden on the way home. Like I, like well, I don't know. I love that man. I do. Um, I've also liked the, um, you know, Eat Fist, Dave Matthews have always been like my favorite bands yeah. of all time. Okay. I love stuff like that. I've got to find a phone charger, by the way. So um, wrapping up. I, I have a question. Have the, you? Uh, you mentioned right. that Red River Gorge. Did you do the underground like kayaking or whatever? No, we're supposed to do it sometime soon, though. Dude, um, I think that's unbelievable. To... Have you done it? No, but I I just looked it up and I'm seeing these pictures. It's like neon lights and underneath in these caves. Like, dude, this is a bucket lister. Crystal oh, kayak sick. tours, yeah. clear boats. Yeah, it's sick. Dude. You gotta it's get down here. Some... You gotta come do some of this stuff. Yeah, that place is the place is magical. I mean, it's like an adult playground, but you can take your kids. Right. <laughs> but there's tons, of, there's, there's tons of hiking, uh, jump rocks, you know, into creeks yeah. and all that wonderful outdoor stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was We distribute out there quite a bit, too. Um, so we have a lot of fun out there. I mean, my buddy does trivia, hosts a trivia game at our brewery and added the gorge and so we go out and support him and have some fun out there so it's all really i don't know it's it's a beautiful space dude. but the uh, underground kayaking thing is supposed to be really cool yeah it looks and i think we're supposed to do it soon uh, i mean you're not too far away you gotta just go do it <laughs> that's awesome yeah getting out of winchester is tough sometimes you know <laughs> <laughs> 
You get you get uh, trapped in your town. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, cool, man. Uh, anything else you want to cover? I'm I'm gonna throw you some uh, some rapid fires if you don't mind. No, go. All right. All right. Um, let's see. <laughs> I just had a few. <laughs> okay. Crunchy peanut butter or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. Crunchy's gross. Zombies or vampires? Uh, vampires. Air guitar or air drums? Air drums, of course. <laughs> Guacamole <laughs> or salsa? Guacamole. Okay. Uh, art museum or history museum? Ooh. Okay, we struck a nerve there. Are you a history buff? Uh, like a I, good museum i can't i really like a good museum uh, i love art too though you know but when you go to a history museum sometimes there's you know art history in there too so that that feels like a theo vaughn type comment really. <laughs> um he's a man he was just here in uh on the east coast touring this weekend oh yeah was he did you go see him no i did my buddy did we rode our bikes you know we did that bike ride uh you know 100 miles and then he stayed at the beach and went to see uh theo that night in atlantic city Oh right on. He feels interesting to me. He's weird, That's bro. A, His brain is crazy. It is. It goes all over the place. He's got the, some great uh, adjectives. See, he thinks very quickly. Yes. Did you see the interview he did with John Mulaney? No, but I love John Mulaney. <laughs> you need to go. See, you need to see that. It's really funny. Okay. Um, and I mean, talk about two people with uh, past lives that they've left behind. Talking about past yeah. their past lives. It's like. So what is what was your dealer like? <laughs> right. Conversation. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, art museum. Okay. All right, we're still on that question. Okay. Uh, vacation or staycation? Uh, it depends. Just give me one. Uh, I'm gonna go with a vacation. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. City or country? Country. Attend a party or host a party? Host the party. If you can make sure that they're going to leave when you want them to leave. Well, I was just thinking about it. We don't want to make any decisions. So it's like that. If you're hosting a party, you got a lot of decisions to make. <laughs> well, all right. So we, we hosted a first party. So my girlfriend's really adamant of getting people out of the house at 9 p.m. She's like, anything later than 9 p.m. is too late. And I'm like, <laughs> parties don't start. Till sure. <laughs> but that sounds we're 40. There's no way that that's going to happen. Yeah, yet. I love that. So about, not, about nine, I'm like, yeah, I've had too many beers. I'm ready to just Hell chill. Yeah. So she, yeah. But I mean, if you have it at your house, you're comfortable. You can, you know, if you decide to throw on flip flops, you can throw on flip flops. Like. Ooh. You decide how you get to dress, like, you know, it's it's super chill. You know, people come over to your house and they're like dressed up because they didn't know how to dress, and you're in like a hoodie and shorts. You're in a tuxedo. You're like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what are you? Why? Yeah. <laughs> what made you think this was appropriate? <laughs> why not? Hey, yeah. he's like Barney from How Much Your Mother. <laughs> Suit up, man. Oh yeah. Nice. All right. One last question. What are your thoughts about pineapple on pizza? I'm all for pineapple on pizza. And yeah. I don't care what people say. People st- people actually eat that in Hawaii. I lived there for a minute and they do eat that. And it's 
totally fine. It's delicious. It's the sweet delicious. and savory. Who fights over the sweet and savory? You know, I understand why that. I mean, yeah, it's why there's so like many haters? That's the Supreme, yeah, like they want a Supreme Court decision or something. Yeah, you know, they go home it's and like, they eat it, like you know, secretly. Yeah, yeah, everybody eats it. Yeah, you like pineapple, you like bacon. I mean, and pizza. I mean, come on. This makes Who sense. doesn't like bacon? I mean, unless you're allergic to pineapple, which, right? I mean, that sucks. But <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, <sighs> do, I mean, I felt like as an adult, I would eat pizza a lot more than I do. Do you ever feel like that? From like the Home Alone, you know, he's ordering that thing. You're like, God, man, yeah. one day I'm going to be alone, or I'm going to be an adult, and I can order pizza whenever mm. I want. And then right around that time acid reflux so 100%. it's like no you don't do that yeah. or you eat the pizza and you start weighing like 1500 pounds you're like no no i don't want to do this do yeah do i'm gonna order like I'm not i will say that pizza. like to your point like i don't eat a lot of pizza anymore but there are days where i'm like you know i could go for it right now freaking slice of pizza uh-huh chicken wings is for me i okay. love chicken wings yeah my thing I like yeah, wings too. I, I just, them. you know, I just don't care. It's just like, all right, now my hands are a mess. I got freaking food in my beard. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's I just like more work, right? It's just more shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. Well, Tyler, this was awesome, man. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, man. Uh, this was great. You've been a great guest. I think uh, you've provided the audience with some laughs and some insight. And um, I think I got to get a... a flight out to uh i guess you probably don't have a winchester airport so i'd fly into maybe lexington and then yeah you can out. find the lexington yeah, yeah. yeah. But let me know and i'll come pick you up hell yeah dude this is great all right man well i, I appreciate, appreciate it, it. hey where, hey where can we find more about the magazine as well as the brewery uh you can go to brewermagazine.com or brewermag.com uh check us out on facebook uh the brewer magazine or the brewer magazine on facebook uh instagram twitter whatever you want to play with uh also the same for a better um you can go to search us up on facebook give us a like check us out on social media a better it's a b e t t o r nobody can ever spell it no but it's also not abattoir it's a better (laughs) (laughs) good shit man all right dude hey i appreciate your time thanks for so much for doing this of course appreciate it thank you man cheers all right that'll do it for today's show thank you for listening don't forget to follow on apple Podcasts. leave a review that'll help us get found by other fantastic people like yourself i don't monetize this so all i ask is that if you like it share it with someone else who might like it Connect with me on Instagram at Beer Mighty Things Podcast. Catch y'all next time. Cheers and Beer Mighty Things.